Welcome to the Home Ice Advantage Podcast. My name's Colin. This show is your home for all things Carolina Hurricanes and, you know, other random things that pop into our minds. Thank you for listening. Make sure you follow and share with your friends. As always, we appreciate it. Let's talk hockey. Colin, did you know that the hurricane failed to protect future uh, Bobby Orr clone Big Bang? Really? Are you aware that the Carolina Hurricanes are actually going to destroy the franchise because they couldn't protect Nino Niederreiter? And you know what else? I mean, Geeky and Lorraine, all four gone. Gone. Yep, completely gone. Yeah, our franchise is over. We might as well just move to Houston at this point. I think Tom's right. You want to you wanna get into it? <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. So the expansion list came out. Not anything super crazy. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, let's go over. You want to read who um, who they protected? Literally nothing we didn't say we thought was going to happen. Both agreed, like, this is probably what we're going to do, but that's what they did. Protected forwards include Sebastian Ajo, Jesper Faust, mm-hmm. Warren Fogel, who is still a restricted free agent, Jordan Stahl, mm-hmm. Andres Fetchkoff, who is still a restricted free agent, Tobo Terevet, wow. <laughs> anyway. Taylor Vinan, uh, Vincent Trocek, switching to defense, we got Brett Pesci, Brady Shea, and Jacob Slavin. And then for our goalie, we'll be protecting Adelkovich, who is also still restricted free agent. So after your flub there, we are also not protecting you. So um hate to say it, but... I'm actually yeah. hoping to go to Seattle with Francis. Um, you know, just... He he has such a good owner. I know I'll be paid what I'm worth. Let's just go through those one by one. There's there's not really a lot interesting there. I think in who we're protecting, Aho, no brainer, Faust, and we kind of went over this. There there was that Faust deal was really good. So is he McDavid? No. Is he a criminally underpaid third, fourth liner with a great compete level, wins board bat, like all the, you know, all this stuff, right? Like, is he Jesper Foss on a really good deal? Yeah, he is. So, um, it, you know, there, there again, there was a little bit of strategy. If you had left Foss unprotected and Bean unprotected, you'd probably keep Bean, right? Because I'd probably take Foss. So to me, a lot of this list is them being pretty comfortable losing Bean because they could have uh, they could have done it at the cost of Jesper Foss. Right. So that's a little interesting to me. I'm glad. I th- Jesper Foss is the type of player who wins you a cup. Like, he's he, not through, like, points or whatever, but he's the kind of guy who's going to eat, you know, five very valuable minutes in a, in a game six in a conference finals, right? So um, Warren Fogel, I have, like, a bit of a read on this Warren Fogel thing. I don't think this means they're going to keep him. I think that they were like, well, here's our trade chip. So we're going to move this guy and get something. Oh, so, so you think I, he's, he's too valuable to them to just let go for free, so protect him? I think, to me, when you look at their who they protected and who they didn't, they literally are like, what's the least valuable piece we could lose? And it's probably Jake Bean, per their view. Uh, I know, and we've talked about this before, the – the hero worship that comes with being these top picks and, and, and Canes County or Canes country, whatever the hell you want to call it. it. It's, it's always been out of control. Uh, you know, 
I might sit down one of these days and briefly look over uh, how many players who have led or how many defensemen have led the AHL in points and who those guys are and what they look like. Because I think there's like he he could end up being a good player for sure, but uh, there's not really a lot of ice time for him here. Um, he if he like if he puts on 20 pounds, you know, there's a lot of ifs there at this point. Um, but to get back to the forwards list, Jordan Stahl, no brainer. Sveshnikov, no brainer. Tevo, no brainer. Trocheck, I mean, Trocheck might be including his like like deal. Like he might be the best value for a second center in the NHL today. And then uh, Pesci, Shea, Slavin. The the Brady thing is interesting. Sivian's actually tweeted about this a lot, where that if you had not protected Shea, he also almost certainly gets scooped. And then if Dougie leaves, what a disaster. So to me, I actually, if they had not protected Shea, I would have felt pretty good about the Dougie stuff, to be honest with you, because I think she makes a great point there, where um, you, you, you really would have been building your defense on the fly, obviously protect Ned. So. Yeah. I think I think that's a point a lot of fans of the team are missing right now. A lot of people are asking, well, Brady Shea and Nito Niederreiter make about the same amount of money. So if this is about cap, why not sacrifice Brady? Well, at this moment, it's just a lot more worth it to the team to have a defenseman who's slightly overpaid rather than a second-line left ring when he's overpaid. I also think, too, well, why would you do Nino over, over Shea? Well, people, it's not a pure, it's one of those things where it's not like, so cap is a factor in making those decisions, but it's not like we need the cap, right? So if you're like, well, we have one of these two players, they're both good players, and they're both overpaid while being good players, does it make more sense to, because Nino's a free agent next year anyway, and he probably doesn't resign here, right? So it's yeah. like, well, do we keep this guy who we know is a good defenseman? I think looks good in the playoffs, plays a ton of minutes. Um, you know, it, it takes a – like, he's got an iron lung. Like, the dude's awesome. So, yeah, he's overpaid. Um, yeah, the analytics can look spooky with him sometimes for sure. But to me, the, their strategy was, well, goals are hard to come by in this. We'd like to keep Nino, but if we lose him – we only lose one year of a 20-goal score and we get five years, right? But if you look at it from, like, so let's use that logic, right? Well, Shea is also good and also overpaid, but we have to go out and basically overpay the same guy three or four years anyway, which is what Shea's got on his deal. So what are you really getting from there, right? So it makes sense to me, yeah. for sure. So then do you want to talk about – there's four players that I've seen floated as potential they're going to take them. I, I've actually seen a fifth floated around, but I think he might – I think I think that's just people looking for things to talk about, and we'll get into it. So the first one is Jake Bean. What do you think the likelihood that Jake Bean gets taken? I mean, I think if anyone can be taken at this point, it's going to be Jake Bean. Just because, I mean, Hurricane stands now that Bean could be a disappointment at times, but – you know, he still has a future with the team, and he still has a great future in the league. Uh, so, most of all, I, I see him being taken. Also, like, Francis loves his defense. Yeah, but here's the thing. If you take what Bean was in the minus, right, in this glowing ball of hope, we've seen enough up here to know that he's not a lock. Like, what if Jake Bean is just never strong enough to play in the NHL? 
like that's what makes him you know when guys don't work on your team there are a couple different ways they don't work right um sometimes they it's like uh like a personal issue like injury or they kind of put on the team or they stop you know they get paid and they stop trying i don't i think you can some of that you can kind of avoid some of that you can't you know like you'll never be able to look inside somebody's heart and know if they're going to keep playing after you sign them on, I don't know, a five-year, $35 million deal, right? And then sometimes guys just don't fit schematically. Like, I think Gardner, before he got hurt, like, to me, he's still a good defenseman. It's just that I don't know if he, from a, like, scheme perspective, fits in here. And then you have guys like Jake Bean, where when it wasn't working last year, like, I think he fit the scheme, but he just got... He, people would sneeze and he'd come off the puck, you know? And I think that creates, for him, kind of happy feet almost, where he starts to – he's got skill. So now he's trying – he's like, well, if I'm going to get muscled off, I'm going to crank the skill to 11, which kind of creates – now you're, you know, turning your stick into sawdust and stuff. Again, I think Jake Bean is – could he potentially be, like, first-line guy who puts up 50 points? Sure. Um do I think that's likely now? No. Do I think that like you're always going to lose someone? And don't, like we just have to stop pretending that Jake Bean is going to be the next Dougie Hamilton. It's really hard to be Dougie Hamilton, and so many things have to go right. And he's already had things go wrong for him. Not completely. He's not done. But I'm just over over the, the Jake Bean overhype. Bean leaving's a seven out of ten. I think it's pretty likely. Okay, so you think that he's the most likely for Francis to pick? He's not who I would pick, but I think that's who he would pick. I mean, part of this is understanding who Francis is, which we are lucky enough to understand who Francis is more than most NHL fans. What'll be interesting with the Bean thing, you know, Ron Francis, for better or for worse, is the most risk-averse GM in hockey. So does he consider Jake Bean a risk? now that he's seen kind of the ugly side, now that he's seen him play against men, right? Um, I don't think he does, but maybe he does, right? Maybe maybe there is risk in the bean pick. So we'll move on to the other kind of big name. This is this is the one that gets brought up a lot, too. Uh, you don't need a writer. I mean, we already talked about how it, it would be helpful to the team um, if he does do it, so it's not the worst thing to happen. But I, I don't think he's going to be taken. But honestly, he's who I hope. Yeah, I, I think, too, it's about framing it even better than that. It wouldn't be helpful to the team because we'd lose a 20-goal score and You're right. a, a well-liked guy. But I, it's, it's like when you look, it's like, okay, so if we have to lose somebody, who would it be the most impactful from a positive perspective if we lost, right? So it would suck to lose Nina. Like you'd have to go find somebody to replace those goals, but you'd have the benefit of freeing up that money. With Bean, yeah. you there's no benefit because um, you don't even get to write out. Like you don't get to see what the potential is. Basically, if I had a chance to rephrase that, I would say losing Nina Ryder helps open the door for a lot of interesting things to happen. Yeah, I think the Canes are way more likely to go after like a Mike Hoffman type if Nino leaves than if he doesn't kind of thing. Yeah. He did this kind of overpaid guy being available with like the cheaper kid move, which makes me think it's less likely that Nino gets taken. But 
goals are hard to come by in these expansion drafts. People really covet them. So I think there's actually, I'm not like, this isn't like a pie chart, just kind of like, I, I would say there's like a four out of 10 that Nino gets taken. Like the vibes, it's me, it makes sense. It's a lot of goals. If it doesn't work, he's off the books and you get five mil, right? That's attractive. And if the bean thing doesn't work, then you wasted an expansion pick, right? So there's some stuff there. You can get to Galaxy Brain with this stuff, I think. So it's hard to yeah. – there's a risk in, you know, 20, 20 gold guy, and you got to pay him against him. So. And exactly. then the two that I've seen brought up a lot is um, Lorenz and DT, where they're also both gone and over and it's done. To me, it's important to frame – you need – like, what would you think – like, if you just if you don't have to get super technical, but what do you think the ceiling for Lorenz? for a Lorenz or a GTA. I don't think either of them will ever be our franchise players. Um, I think they're going to be nice well, I don't think they'll be second scoring. Right. I think yeah. they're going to be nice secondary scoring good, players. Good depth. Good third line and fourth line guys, right? Um, but if Geeky ends up being as valuable a player as a Faust, that's good for us, right? So there's a bit... Of, and he... he he has more offensive upside than Foss does, but the skating is an issue with him, right? So, like, if you're the Canes, fingers crossed, you get, like, Foss and Foss, basically, in terms of that, like, good third-line value. And Lorenz, I mean, he has hands of stone, then he, you know, cross-check his mom if he needed to, right? So you're just going to high compete with him. But same, like, general, you know, good third, fourth-line production. So, um, I think it's like a, a one out of ten to to get upset. I, 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 when these things happen, I've seen this happen a ton. Is that this is where people get to flex their knowledge of teams, you know? So like, it's normally like if you cover the Canes, how often do you get to let the national media know that like actually Morgan Geeky's a, a really underrated passer? You know, never. It never never comes up. So I think there's a little bit of that there. I think it's Jake Bean almost for sure. Yeah. But there there is a legitimate case for Nino. So do you want to talk about the surprises from other teams' protection list? There's really only one that interests me. There's there's a couple, actually. But I think the most interesting one to talk about is how much have you kept up with the Carey Price saga? I don't find the Carey Price being unprotected surprising at all. I'm actually shocked that people have found it surprising. Why don't you think it's surprising? See, this is about to get me in trouble. I think Terry Price is not what he was, and excluding what he did in the playoffs this season, okay. he hasn't been good for the past few years, and he's the highest-paid goalie in the league. So if Ron Francis decided okay. he wanted to be a numbskull and take Terry Price, all he's doing is taking $10.5 million off Montreal's book, which... I'm sure they'll be sad about it for a few days. There'll be a turtle post, an Instagram post, but then they're going to move on to the future and have $10.5 million to spend. So you're telling me that um, top three goalie in the world, who will probably be the starting goalie for Team Canada, who just more or less single-handedly carried a team to the Cup Finals against Toronto, a very good team, the Jets, an okay team, Vegas, top three team in the league. And then they, I mean, 
the Lightning series, like everybody got smashed by the Lightning, right? Yeah. So I, um, you can make of that what you want. What I would You're say saying that is that that guy's not take, worth ten and a half million dollars. I would say if you take this year's playoffs out of the equation, which I realize is galaxy braining this, but if you take this year's playoffs out of the equations okay. and look at his past three to four what about seasons, last year's he's like the, uh, he's like a nine hundred goal. Depends, and then they took the. Yeah, but yeah, and he still only had like a nine oh seven. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right. Let's talk a little bit about Carey Price because I get where you're coming from. Carey Price's issue is that the Habs are not all that great, and when they play regular season, his issue where you can beat Carey Price is two on one, and the the Canadians in the regular season give up a lot two on one, which makes his regular season numbers look worse because that's kind of the a hole in his game, right? Like if you're going to beat him, you're going to beat him on that. In the postseason or in international play where things tighten up and you're you're not giving up a, a two-on-one because you're gassed and it's a Thursday night in Winnipeg, uh, Carey Price is really good. So is he overpaid? I guess, like, yeah, you know, ten and a half is a lot, but he's kind of in that similar, like, he's really good still. And also what so, makes it interesting is let – me, let me lay this story to you, and then you, if you tell me you're genuinely not interested at the end of it – then I'll call you a liar, but we can move on. Deal? I want to give my reasoning, but then you can call me a liar. Go. Carey Price, it, it, it starts leaking out. Like, Carey Price may have waived his, his no-movement clause, right? People are like, oh, my God, that's incredible. They were going to lose. They were going to lose Jack Allen. For yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that starts to creep out, and people are like, they don't think he'll pick him because of the cap hit, and it, it would be such an investment in this guy. And then what happens? Well, it comes out that well, actually, he's you know there's a lot wrong with Carey Price, and maybe he won't be able to even start the regular season next year. And like it's his hip and his knee, and there's all these issues there. And it's like, ah, you'd be crazy to take him. Which and then you get a lot of like the like you know hockey players are banged up all the time. Like if you wanted to, you like athletes as a whole are banged up all the time. If you wanted to, you could all you know. Could always get in there yeah. and have some, a little surgery and get something cleaned up, you know what I mean? So then a couple hours ago, I don't remember who put it. It was Frank Watts' name. Frank Cervelli, I think, is his name. He comes out and says that Seattle ownership has given Ron Francis the green light to take a, a Terry Price if he wants to, even if he'd missed the start of the year, and that if they think the value's there and this, that, and this, that. So there's become this very interesting game of chicken. Man. Another interesting caveat, too, is I guess the NHL, because when this all happened, the, I mean, you know how Twitter is, right? So Twitter is like, yeah. the, the Seattle's going to draft Terry Price, trade him back to Montreal, and retain salary for assets. And then the Canadians <laughs> will get Terry Price at six mil. And then the the Kraken will get, you know, whatever the hell they'd get. And the league came in and was like, no. <laughs> That's about as clear cap circumvention as, circumvention as you can get. So, like, there's a, there's a lot of interesting turns there. Plus, Carey Price is better than you give him credit for. So I'm not saying Carey Price is, like, washed up and totally dead, but the future of Montreal is clearly in Cole Caulfield and Suzuki. Do you disagree with me in that? Okay. So they have to build their team around these two and start finding other pieces and do all that. How long do you think it's going to take them to do this? 
I mean, they could do it whenever. They have a lot of cap space. I don't think they're going to be able to make themselves a real cup contender for the next three to four years. I think they can have maybe another one of these, like, what the fuck happened runs, because that's hockey. But I don't think they're going to be a real contender for the next three to four years. And if it's in four years, well, cool. You have one year of prices deal left. If it's not, and it's five years from now, by the time you guys are actually good, Price is going to retire anyways. Like, I don't... He might sign as They're going to be better faster than you think. Yeah, I think you're super wrong. They're going to be better faster than you think. I think that's a big part of it. I also think, too, um, they have... To me, the goalie who can win it is the hardest piece to find. Because you actually have to, like, go into battle a couple times to know if a guy can win it, you know? And uh, you have one in Carey Price who – he's probably not the best goalie in the world anymore, but is that because of his drop-off or because of Vasilevsky? Probably mixed both. But, yeah, I, I find the whole thing – I hope they take him because Montreal will get pissed. That'll be the fun. They will be furious. This is definitely a galaxy branding, but I don't think France is going to take him anyways. So Just because I, I really don't think – from everything yeah. we've seen from Seattle ownership, they don't want to spend money. So I think it's possible that came out to like just put out that press release. But from everything we see, they don't want to spend money, and getting K Price is spending all of the money. Why do you think they don't want to spend money? There's been a lot of reports that they didn't want to spend money for the first couple of seasons. Like they were they were going to be at cap minimum, and that's it. I don't think that's true. That's true. I mean, I, that's true that that came out, and there was a they lot of talk money. about that for a long time. But that always comes out. Like I. Uh, do you remember like? Do you remember when like oh well Vegas? I remember reading like once Vegas learns the harsh realities of NHL uh, finances, we'll see if they still want to contend. And then they did. Like old old money hates new NHL, right? So that's not really a story to me. They went out and paid all these guys. Like you don't you don't open a market in Seattle if you're like cost averse. <laughs> I think that's fake news personally. And then uh, Tarasenko. Being left exposed, kind of interesting. I thought Tarasenko was interesting as well. I mean, there was a couple of people. There, there was a list of like three people I thought was like honestly got interesting, and it included Price, it includes Tarasenko, and maybe it was Quick. I don't remember, but there was three people I was like honestly God, like oh my God, Seattle took all three of these people. They would spend all sorts of money, but they would like actually be good. I mean, they've been trying to move that deal for a really long time. So it'll it'll and be. Then, I'm just kind of ready for the draft to be over. I don't necessarily because it just frees the one. league. It does, and literally there was no other news. So, right like, you, you notice we stopped talking about Dougie all of a sudden because we have no choice but to focus on this draft. Yeah, there. Yeah, there's. Uh, there's no. Like to me, this isn't very. Like I'm interested in, and I think most teams are interested in their free agency. There are very few teams. Like if you're a Preds fan. Maybe you're interested in, like, oh, what if they take Matt Duchesne or, or something like that, you know? But I think by and large, like, they they should do the draft sooner, I think. they should It should be, like, protected lists, 48 hours. I guess that's what they did. Yeah. It, it should, it, it's just too long. Like, just take who you're going to take and then, like, get the season rolling for the offseason. So, I guess final question, and then we'll move on from the Kraken. Do you think they're going to make the playoffs season one? Yes, because yeah. their division sucks. When I was Galaxy raising it, before we had any idea what the roster was going to look like, I, I thought no. 
just because I didn't think there's going to be a ton of, like, good – I shouldn't even say good talent, just, like, mediocre talent uh, left exposed. And it turns out there was quite a lot of mediocre talent left exposed. And they're going to play in a bad division. So, yeah, I think they're going to do it. Last piece of Carolina Hurricanes news that they released our preseason schedule. And I immediately looked at it and went, ah, fuck, whatever. Because um, have you had a chance to actually look at it yet? I have seen it. Yeah. It would have been so nice. not to have to face Tampa and Nashville? Well, I've, I've seen these teams for 10 months by or nine months by the yeah. time. Yeah, about 10 months by the time. that I would have loved the be, Capitals game. <laughs> yeah, it'll be – what I don't – and I haven't looked into it. Maybe we'll have more answers on the next next podcast. I saw that the Blues are playing eight games. Interesting. Why aren't we playing eight games? Once again, we'll probably have answers in the next podcast because they just came out with the preseason list. It could just be August 1st already. And we basically know what the team looks like. And we'll have a, a Dougie answer by then and just kind of knowing what we're doing. Whoever signs Dougie Hamilton, I'm sure they're having it. They're going to have a great off season, you know? That could be us, yeah. too. Like I, if we re-sign Dougie and then, like, rob somebody on a, a Fogel trade and then, like, Savard signs here for, like, league, like, you know, like, Suter comes in at league minimum or something. Like, uh, I mean, be I'm sticking this, with my – part of the offseason I could care less about. And the last piece of NHL news uh, is that I guess we have our first gay player under contract. Well, openly gay, I should say. And he's, of course, getting good reception. His name is Luke Prokup. And the only thing that I find interesting about it is that he went to his team first, and they spent, like, a good week together uh, discussing how it could be easy on him, which I think is cool. I would like to, I would like to approach this in two parts. I want to go to the positive part first and then go to, like, something I'm annoyed about second. Just real quickly, I am a gay man. I don't see this as earth-shattering as some people do, just because statistically there's definitely been a gay player at some point. Uh, of course, they haven't been out because different times, but this is going to keep happening. Like, it's happening in every league. There's an NBA player, there's an NFL player. Like, this is going to continue to happen. So it, it's just cool that it finally happened in the NHL, but it's also thank you next type situation. First off, this the Lukov guy, is that his name? I think we're entering a like really kind of healthy phase of these like public coming out because for a really long time when you came out especially as a dude you did like well you had like a, a times magazine cover or you it was almost like a tv special or something it was a circus when when somebody would come out publicly and not just about being gay but like all sorts of lgbt you know whatever's right like anytime you would do a thing. It was a whole media circus, which I think has its place or had its place. But one of the things I really, really, I don't remember his name, but one of the things I really respected about the linebacker from Vegas when he came out is I got the feeling that he would never publicly come out, but like literally he just like saw a special on um, like, Gay teens commit suicide at an astonishing rate. Um, like, spoiler alert, teenage hormones plus, like, trying to figure out the math of I may like penis and have a penis is really hard. 
And, uh, but anyway, he came out and was basically like, yeah, I, I, he saw some study or watched something where um, the more gay role models and, and he's an NFL player, that's a fantastic life, but just like, yeah, there are gay football players. Here's one. It's me uh, drastically reduces those numbers. So he was basically just like, yeah, like this isn't really y'all's business, but uh, like I'm gay. Live on, kids. Bye. And I haven't heard from him since. That to me, like that's this is like the next. This kid is the same way. This pro cop guy, where he's basically like, yeah, I wasn't gonna lie to my teammates about it, so I didn't. And like, I don't really want to like, he, like multiple times he's like, I don't really like want the circus. Like, I'm not really into like all this. I just like didn't want to deal with it. Like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to carry it. I wasn't gonna lie to my teammates. So like, here I am. We've really entered, I think, kind of the next step. Healthier isn't the way to put it, but, like, it could just be like, yeah, I'm gay. But then you can just check people on the boards. And but I do yeah, think, I mean, and we're about this good. I just think, it, I mean, it's a different time, so, uh, like, it's more accepted now. So these kids don't have to go through that. And most of them know, like, hockey nights for everyone, whatever they call it, pride nights all over the league, those happen. These kids know that if they come out, they're not going to be cut. They, they might have to take some online hate, but you're going to take online hate either way. Ask Jake Gardner's wife. Like, it's going to happen. So you might as well just live yeah. your best life and do what you think is right for the community and move on. I do think that's, like, an important, like, these trailblazers are obviously, like, I do, I think from an organizational level, specifically the guys who draft them, like, yeah, we're going to support you 100%. But we also don't track, you know, after Reggie, uh, or after Reggie, after uh, uh, Jackie Robinson, we're not like, yeah, here's, you know, Jim Little, the 12,334th black male drafted into American sports today. Like, we, we, that stuff just gets blown by. And I do hope, like, that to me is the goal is to, like, it just shouldn't matter. So this guy comes out, right? The Preds are like, yeah, man. Fucking, we got you, right? Roman Yossi came out. Hey, man, we fucking got you, right? The NHL, the WHL, you know, hey, man, we got you. Perfect. Love it. One of the things that annoys me is random, like, the Canes were like, hey, man, we're so proud of you. What the fuck does that mean? What, like, you're, that's not, what, that's not for you. It, it, I don't care who it's for. Like, to me, no, 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 no. To me, it's for the that no, no, no. Like you have more... to you have to realize what a moment it is. Because think about it, if I was still closeted, how I would feel if I saw my hockey team supporting this kid. It's not for you. you. It's for that kid. No, no, that's you don't amazing. know that. You don't know that. That is not me for you. That is an and, that's and also for the record, thing. that's already been done because they do Pride Night a hundred times, right? So like, I mean, so you're that's a fan. Very true, you're like, but they do Pride Night. I don't know. No, no, no. So they do Pride I, Night. So I don't. I mean, maybe they do. And then like you were won over by this tweet. That's just let the Preds and let the league have their moment. I don't care what some random beat writer in Montana like. Oh, you know, so proud of this kid. Like nobody cares. Like that's just you virtue signaling. My least favorite person in sports is when somebody like there's like a boxing match and somebody like wins and then the loser will take the guy's hand from the ref and hold it up. But hey, man, this is not for you. It's also annoyed. completely different from doing a Pride Night, which I personally feel is like overused as like a uh, come spend money with us because we approve your lifestyle. And then when it actually comes up speaking, 
Because they could totally be, hey, come buy our 20, 35, whatever dollars hat with the pride flag on it, which I did. And then when something like this comes up, and they're completely silent on it. Like, you could take I, I'm the not same, like, okay, this woman wanted Twitter followers. So even though it's a known fact that the NHL and the Kings organization as a whole are about Pride Night and about Pride, they're going to scoop these Twitter followers today. Like, you could have the same negative, like, thought path on that, you know? Thank you for listening to the Home Ice Advantage podcast. As always, we very much appreciate it. Please follow and share with your friends. Send it to your Aunt Betty. Knock on your neighbor's door. Email it to a teacher, your boss. Who cares? Just make sure you share it. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time.